Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi there. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. We are happy you're here. I had to look and see what our sections were for today, like how far it was actually going to go. So if you watched last week's video, we said that this week kind of was really complimentary with um, some of the things that got introduced in section 46. And so... We kind of want to go there, should we? Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Because you remember in 46 verse 7 when he said this, You are commanded in all things to ask of God who giveth liberally, and that which the Spirit testifies unto you, even so I would that ye should do in all holiness of heart, walking uprightly before me, considering the end of your salvation, doing all things with prayer and thanksgiving, that ye may not be seduced by evil spirits or doctrines of devils or the commandments of men, for some are of men and others of devils. Wherefore, beware, lest ye are deceived. And then we took a little detour last week in a 46, 47, 48, but it's almost as if he just picks right back up right there on beware lest you are deceived. And he jumps back into this conversation when we get to section 50. So kind of what's going on, we, we kind of alluded to this a little bit on our last week's lesson, but kind of, I mean, this is in obviously in context of the culture that they're living in. And we've got some stories in here of kind of what's going on. I love that this book, it, it kind of goes through almost the journey of, of one person, Levi Hancock. He's somebody who will um, just be right there in the mix of everybody. And, and it kind of introduces a story where he first gets introduced to the restored gospel in the Book of Mormon by his brother, and he feels compelled towards it, and he listens to what Joseph says, and that sounds familiar to him. And so it's, it's neat just to kind of like hear him use words that describe, oh, okay, I, I just am. And then, he has, and then he has a dream where he feels as if the Savior invites him into the yoke with him. And, and when he wakes up, he says... Um, I thought that was maybe a dream from the Lord. I thought it was the Lord talking to me and I felt willing to obey him. Um, the next day, is it the next day? Yeah, no, one day soon after, three of the elders of the church come to his house. I won't say their names because then you'll never name a child after them because of what <laughs> happens maybe. But um, you never met him before, but they were kind of preaching and baptizing in the area. And it says they started to jump up and down. They swung from the rafters in the beams one of them would hop up and down like a, a baboon. Um, one of them would knock himself out. And then when he would like come to talk about some of the revelations that they were receiving, like angels and, and notes floating in the air that they would grab at. And several of those who'd been away on missions like Party P. Pratt and John Whitmer come back and they start noticing some of this stuff. And they're like, what in the world is going <laughs> on here? And one of them, it says, um, people would... It says, John Wimmer was bewildered at what he found. Saints pretending to fight with Laban's sword or sliding across the floor like snakes, saying they were on their way to preach the gospel to the Lamanites. <laughs> and they are just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what, is, what is going on? And what's interesting is we have a little note of it on here. Um, this happens kind of more next time, but we'll be on our field trip next time. But just wanted to point out that there is this experience that occurs 
on the Morley Farm in June 1831, this conference where um, the high priesthood was given for the first time and a man of sin was revealed. And the accounts that come from that are, are kind of wild. And you have, so what's interesting is you have this person, Levi Hancock, who has dreams, has inclinations, has feelings that you would call kind of like miraculous and out of the ordinary. But then you have these other people who are also doing things out of the ordinary and you're kind of left like, wait, which ones are true? Mm-hmm. Which ones can be trusted? Which which of these ind- are indications of right and which ones are indications of, of wrong? And I think this seems like these stories are going to be like totally wildly like unapplicable. But I we actually think this might be one of the most important sections or, or lessons for right now. What was going on with the baboons and the snakes and all of those things was the culture of their day. And the Lord was addressing that in section 50. Um, warning the saints against the culture of their day. Um, so we want to ask ourselves the question, okay, what is the culture of our day, you know, that, that might have that same sort of deceiving or leading away or confusion and and what do we do about it? And the advice that the Lord gives to them is just as applicable as it is to For us them right as now. it is right now. Yeah. Right. We love, at the top of mind, I have written deceivers, hypocrites, and believers. Because you're we're going to see all three of those happening here in section 50. And we're almost going to watch this journey, which is why on our paper you see this journey happening right here. Because... It almost is a journey of faith. And it was interesting because we were talking right before we started when Joseph gave this and to those people and said, here's the culture and here's what we are experiencing in our culture right now. And here's how you're going to get through that. Feels so similar to the talk we just had from President Nelson in General Conference. This past conference, the talk he gave on moving mountains and increasing your faith. And he did the same thing where he just talked about, you've got to increase your faith. That's what Joseph is going to say right here. You've got to increase your faith. And this is what it looks like to increase your faith. This is the right journey for that to happen. Don't get confused by everything that's going on in the culture. He tells them, this is what a journey to increase faith looks like. And we love that President Nelson just did the same thing for us, that he... He stood up in front of all of the church and said, here's what I see in the culture and here's how you're going to increase your faith. And as we go through this, we're going to pull in some of his talk as we go through because it's just so interesting to watch how similar they are. And I think it's really important that these people needed to navigate their faith journey in the culture they lived in. And that is true today also that we, we are navigating through a culture that we have inherited mm-hmm. and that we're experiencing. And, and I think that's that the faith journey will look like this, right? Everyone's faith journey is an ebb and a flow and it's a trying to figure this out. It is not a nice, clean yellow brick road. It yeah. is just, it's, and, and I think it's so great to like have the Lord recognize that and acknowledge that and to say like, okay, look, this is a, this is a rough, this is rough. To and it try might be and tricky. Be, yeah, it's going to be tricky. Navigating it could be tricky. Right. And I think it's important that we are operating under the premise in teaching this and reading this, 
that there are opposing forces in the world, mm-hmm. that there really is in reality a devil that is trying to overthrow and trying to deceive. And I think that's really important to start yeah. off and to say... And that, he's going to take as many as he can. Right. right? His, his goal is as many as he can. And I love that the Lord just addresses that right here. He's like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But you love that Joseph <laughs> in his time was like, here's my response to Satan. Yeah. He says, God has sent me here and the devil must leave or I will. And and he's just coming yeah. in to say like, there isn't, there, someone's trying to deceive us. And it's, it's, listen, sometimes there's deceivers. Sometimes there's people who are accidentally deceived. Sometimes there are intentional hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those who are have to recognize, oh, I didn't actually realize I was acting like a hypocrite. There are believers, those who are striving to believe. So it, within that scale, we all fit in there somewhere. But, and at different and times. And move right? yeah, in there, it. There's things that are going to, to increase faith actually requires movement, right? And there's going to be doubt in there as much as there's going to be um that finding truth and it's the balance of that it's the asking questions it's moving through it and we're all going to be at a different place i get so many dms um from you that talk about my my son or my daughter or my good friend or my spouse or everybody on a different path in their journey at a different place on this path and trying to navigate it and figure it out and depending on where we are at too, us trying to help, right? How can I help and how can I build faith? Or sometimes we're the one who is asking, right? do I even have faith? And mm-hmm. how do I increase faith? And I love that section 50 is just like a father saying, here, mm-hmm. let me help you navigate this. No matter who you are, let me help you navigate this. And he's going to point out right at the very beginning, we've got this little box right here where we just have a whole bunch of verses because you're going to notice two things. Um, You're either going to overcome or you're going to be overthrown. That's what he wants to talk about in 50. That I will give you tools that will help you overcome this, but you have to know there's a real threat and your your testimony, your faith could be overthrown. And, And I like that he's just like blunt about it. He's just clear about it. That is one thing that was also true about President Nelson. We were just talking about in his conference talk. He was really blunt about our culture, our faith journey, and how to navigate that. He, he didn't like hold back at all. He was like, let me just spell it out clearly for you where we are and what it looks like. And sometimes there's obviously a place for that. Um, well, let's just start in that verse six and go through some of these where Joseph is going to point out, this is exactly what this looks like that you want to watch out for um, and from the Lord. And the Lord says this in six, woe unto them that are deceivers and hypocrites for thus saith the Lord, I will bring them to judgment. Behold, verily I say unto you, there are hypocrites among you who have deceived some which has given the adversary power, but behold, such shall be reclaimed. And we love this part. We're going to talk about it again. But we love the the thought that just because the devil has won on one day doesn't mean that victory is going to last forever. And I love that the Lord is so positive about they will be reclaimed. Like that's his battle. 
that's what he is doing every single day is trying to reclaim as many souls as he can. And for any of us who have um, had someone leave religion or God or the church, it just brings me so much comfort to hear the Lord be so like positive yeah. about that. They will be reclaimed. And I, I love the hope that that brings. Yeah, verse 3 kind of brings up what we were saying. He says, And also Satan hath sought to deceive you. So it almost seems like in 6 through 8, there are people who are trying to deceive, and some are hypocrites, and they kind of open the door for Satan to kind of have his way. And he just kind of confirms in verse 3, Satan has sought to de deceive you that he might overthrow you. Like someone is deliberately trying to overthrow people. Like that's his actual mm -hmm. intention. And I love that he just points it out. He's gonna, we're gonna talk about this one again more, but just in this little box in verse 19 and 20, he talks about how do you receive truth? Like what does it actually look like to receive truth? And he says, if it's not by the spirit of truth, um, if it be some other way, it's not of God. So interesting that he's like, you need to realize that in the culture, there are people who are going to try and teach you what they call truth. And if it's not done with the spirit, if it's not of God, if it's done some other way, then that's not going to be helpful to you on your journey. And before we get to this last one, we're just, I think the rest of the chapter kind of helps paint a picture of someone asking the question, okay, so how do I know whether it's of God or how do, how do I know whether it's of some other way? And there are indicators that mm -hmm. he gives us um, that will help us try and discern the answer, you know, to that question. But just plan on it being like having to work through it. Plan on it being a little bit fuzzy. And, yeah. and, and frankly, the thing that was causing like Levi Hancock confusion was other members of the church <laughs> <laughs> who yes. were just bringing in the culture that they had inherited. And, and they will discover that for themselves. But sometimes this faith journey, not sometimes, always, it goes shoulder to shoulder with other people. And that also <laughs> like can confuse and yeah. like complicate yeah. and also help. You know, mm -hmm. um, and this verse 23, and then we'll get into that whole list. This is starting to kind of teach. Um, okay, how do I navigate this then? He mm -hmm. says this really simply. If it does not edify, it's not of God and is darkness. To edify is to strengthen or to encourage or to build and lift up. And, and already we're starting to get an indicator like there will be the opposite of that breaking down and destroying and yep. even and in our culture we see that right now I love when you talk about that word edify is to build right it's to strengthen and so many times when you hear someone that is walking away from religion um, they'll use the word deconstruct I, I deconstructed God or I deconstructed um, this belief that I had and it's so interesting I love when Joseph is like no you're trying to edify you're trying to build. You are trying to strengthen. That would be the right thing to do. So, and and if that person were to mean like I'm trying to like figure out who God really is, that is different than mm. somebody trying to break down, you know, who God is. Yeah. Um, 
So as we jump into this, you've kind of seen this is what to watch out for. Beware of this. Yeah. But you love this. It's going to start out, and, and I want to take you back to chapter 49 just for a second, and then we'll jump into 50, but 4927. And, and, and let's talk about 49 for a minute because yeah. we didn't really, and we're not focusing a ton on 49, although it's a fantastic chapter. It's 49 is a letter, a revelation that was written to a, a group of people called the Shakers. They're called that because um, they believe that you would shake when sin left your body, which is, that'd be fun yeah. if that actually happened. Yes. Oh, maybe it does. Um, and there was a gentleman, his name is Lehman Copley, and and he um, he's the one who offered up his farm to the Colesville Saints to live on it when they got there. And, and he asked, I'd like to go as a missionary to my old church and kind of take them um, some of these truths because he's trying to figure out, were they teaching truth or is this new mm-hmm. stuff truth? Which fits right into here, right? Yeah. Where it's like, wait, I, are who's you know what is right here? Yeah. You know what what is true? So that's kind of forty nine's about, and it's in its context. We're not spending hardly any time on it, except for maybe. Except this for one I love verse, verse twenty seven when he says, "Behold, I will go before you and be your rearward, and I will be in your midst, and you shall not be confounded. Behold, I am Jesus Christ." And I love that at the very beginning he says. Uh, this journey you're about to do, I'm going to do it with you. I'll go before you. I'll have your back. You, we're going to do this. We're going to, you know, go on this path. And I love the thought of that on a faith journey. I don't know if any of you are hikers. Um, I'm not generally a hiker by nature. I don't love hiking. I do love being outside, but I just don't love hiking. But every so often I'll find a hike that I want to go on. And generally if it's right next to a riverbed, that's my favorite kind of hike. And we were in Lake Powell and someone invited us on this hike that was gonna be all the way up this riverbed. But you really have to trust the person who's been on the hike before, particularly in places like that because you get going and then there's so many different little channels you can go down in Lake Powell. And so you had to watch for these cairns to kind of lead you where you were going next. And you kind of needed someone who had been there before to take you the right way. And people kept saying to us, you are gonna be so happy when you get to the end. Like you are not gonna believe when you get to the end. And just how amazing it's gonna be. And there were several times during the hike when I was like, I don't think it's gonna be worth it. (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter how good the end is, I'm not sure it's gonna be worth what we're doing right now. But I just kept going because everyone kept telling me how great the end was gonna be. and the guy at the front who had been there before kept sending that back to us. It's worth it. And as people would get farther ahead than us, it's going to be worth it. Well, right at the very end of that hike, there is this huge sand hill. I mean, it is huge and it is like straight up. And I can remember getting there and other people were going to go to the top. I was so tired. Like I was done with the hike, totally done. And I remember thinking, I don't think I really care what's at the end. Like, I don't, I have zero desire to take even one more step forward. And people were yelling from the top. It's, it is worth it. it. He was right. It is worth it. Come up. And I remember watching several other people go and being like, I'll just wait and go back. And finally, one of my friends got to the top and she was like, no, you actually, I know you. And you are actually <laughs> going to want to come to the top. And so you had to like dig your hands in the sand to get up there. And it was dirty and I was so hot. And sure enough, I got to the top and there was this 
arch at the top. And even when I say it now, you're like, that was not worth it. But I will tell you, it was magnificent. It was one of those times, and you just have those moments every so often, where you just see God's majesty in nature, mm-hmm. and it awes you, you know? It was mm-hmm. like one of those moments. And what I remember the most about that moment is not even that arch that we saw. It's the guide. It's the one who said, just let me take you to the end. It's going to be worth it. And I know the way. That's what I remember most from the hike. And I love that that's how this journey starts as he says, listen, I will go before you and I will have your back. And I know where I'm taking you. I'll be in your midst. You're not going to get confused. Just you just stay where I am and it's going to be good. It's going to be worth it in the end. And there are going to be times when we're like, are you sure? Like, mm-hmm. are you sure? But I love that he's going to be right there. So we are just going to jump in. Yeah. And well, I just think it's really important to just say like, as you're describing what that was like on that hike, that I can hear echoes of my own faith journey in it, you know? Mm. And we are people who have, who have come to the end of our ropes often mm. and people who have said, well, I don't know. I'm taking a break from the church for a minute or that person made me so mad and I don't want to do this anymore or this is super hard and I don't think I want to keep up, you know, this effort. And I mean, it really is. It is a, it's a, mm-hmm. it is a journey and everybody, everybody experiences it. And, and that's why and I you lo- need companions on the way yes. because of that. Amen. You need companions on the way because it is hard. And um, we have several, like even in my own family, that we'll watch general conference together. And, uh, and there will be some talks where I, my kids will say, that one was super hard for me. And can we sit down? Will you walk us through yeah. that talk? Yeah. And, and some have been painful. Some have been painful for weeks. There have been some talks that we have, have had to really... Um, sit with for a while and that's faith that is faith that's um that trying to experience that increase and progression and that understanding um that we're going to get to down here those three words that i love yeah um as we go so as we start on this path that's one of the things we want you to hold on to is you've you've got people like us that are journeying with you but we have the guide and i love when he says at the end i have overcome like I've done this hike I did it and I know what's waiting at the end and it's worth it and don't you just love that's the guide yeah. um, that's the one who leads us in so we want to just go through not every verse but several of the verses that tend to be helpful as we try to navigate culture and doubt and questions and belief other people and, and community yes and all of the and things. my emotions and faith that are look like the san andreas fault sometimes yeah. and, just... and maybe these are the cairns right yeah. maybe yeah. these are the i thought cairns that as you i thought that as way. you told the story I was yeah. like, oh we should have labeled them the cairns yes those are those piles rocks. of rocks that people put as markers along the way um they're not cairns the complainers at the <laughs> grocery store these are the markers <laughs> oh, okay so, so uh, do the I first just, one yeah, yeah okay I'll, okay number one uh, he says this give ear right lend an ear like actually be deliberate about listening to the voice of the living god and i love kind of comparing that to like other voices that there might be number one you can give ear you can give your attention 
to other voices, or you can give your attention to the living God. He's not only God, but he's a living God, mm. right? Who understands the current circumstances and situations and and they adapt. And, and I think our faith can be living too yeah. in, in understanding more of who he is as we go through. So um, that first one, give attention, give heed to the, the voice of the living God. I love in verse 10 when it says, and now come, saith the Lord, by the spirit, under the elders of his church, and let us reason together that ye may understand. And I love this verse. This is what I love about it. Because I think sometimes when we have questions or doubt, we like hold on to it because we're like, I don't know what to do with it. And I actually don't know who to talk to about it. And I don't know how it would go over. And I love that our God, um, our Father says, come by the Spirit and let us reason together, right? Let's work through this. He's not someone who says, just take it at face value and you just got to be good with it. He says over and over in scripture, let us reason together. We're going to figure this out. We're going to, we're going to work through it and we're going to do it together. And I love the thought of that. And in 11, he's just like, like a man reasons with another face to face, like in that same way, let's talk through this together. I will not be patronizing let's talk through it yeah and and he's patient right i had there was one thing that i studied many years ago that for eight years i struggled with it eight years this question um i would go back to it over and over again i would go into scripture i would ask people about it i would think about it it was eight years and then all of a sudden one day the answer came it came Mm. through someone else it came instantly it was so fast it was resolved so quickly but I had carried it for eight years. Now it happens to be one of my favorite stories in all of scripture, that answer that came through someone by the spirit from scripture became my answer. And I love that he's patient in this, this reasoning together until you understand. It's okay if it takes eight years, everybody. He, there's no timeline for him on you going through the process of working that out. And I love that. 14 is neat. He says, ask the, some of the elders who are there, what were you ordained to do? What is it that you were asked to go out and do? And he says, the answer to that is to preach my gospel by the spirit, even the comforter. And I, I think it's so neat. Number one, he just says, try to like do the things that you do by the spirit. And, and the way that you might know if it's being done by the spirit is remember that word gospel means good news. If it sounds like good news, if it is a comforting, comfort can also be translated as a strengthening. If it's comforting, strengthening, and good news, then it is most likely right, the Spirit. And you love that he's so blunt right now. And and this is the part you have to remember is sometimes God is blunt, right, through his prophets. We experienced that with President Nelson in this past conference. He says this to them. Okay, remember what you were ordained to? You were going to preach the gospel. You were going to use the spirit. That's what was going to happen. And then he says to them in 15, and then you receive spirits which you could not understand. And you receive them to be of God. And in this, are you justified? And then I love when he says this. I'll let you answer that yourself. <laughs> He's like, right. What were you thinking? Yeah. That's that's kind of what he's saying. Was the baboon thing like yeah. good news? Was yeah. that the spirit? Was that the comforter? You decide, right? <laughs> Work through that one. That but then I love when he says this, Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto you. Mm. He that is weak among you, 
hereafter shall be made strong. And I love when he says, this is what my mercy is going to look like in these situations. And you're going to do things that we're both going to look back and be like, what were you thinking like here? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. what was happening here? But I love that he's like, this is, this is what my mercy is going to look like on a journey like this. It's going to be taking what is weak in you and strengthening that. If, if you'll walk this path with me, I'm going to take those weak things, those questions, those doubts, and I am going to make them strong in you. Even if it takes eight years, I'm in it. Like, I will do that with you, and I love that. Yeah, and if you find, as you kind of examine your life and look at yourself, if you find yourself, you're like, oh, I was wrong there. Or that is my weakness. It, that's an encouragement from mm. him. He's like, great, right? Remember the Lord's warning against hypocrites. And hypocrites are those who are pretending that they have it all figured out and that they have everything right. The Lord is so good and sweet and encouraging to those who admit, like, I, I'm weak in this. Yeah. I'm being, I, I, I might be wrong in this, yeah. you know? Yeah, I love that. And... Um, as we think about that bluntness, as as he's just coming out and saying, do, do you see where you might be going wrong here? You know, he's, he points it out. For us, when we look at them, we're like, yeah, do you, like, how did you miss that you were going wrong there? But in our day, the same thing. And in fact, President Nelson said this in conference. Uh, choose to believe in Jesus Christ. If you have doubts about God, the Father, and His beloved Son, or the validity of the restoration, or Joseph Smith's divine calling as a prophet, choose to believe and stay faithful. Then this part that he says is so interesting because the Lord's going to say it right here through Joseph. Almost identically the same thing. And it's funny because this is something I've heard a lot of people talking about since conference as something that, like, felt blunt, right? It, like people felt called out by this. And it's interesting because I think probably the same thing here in this culture. He said this, take your questions to the Lord and to other faithful sources. Study with the desire to believe rather than with the hope that you can find a flaw in the fabric of a prophet's life or a discrepancy in the scriptures. Stop increasing your doubts by rehearsing them with other doubters. Allow the Lord to lead you on your journey of spiritual discovery. And it's so interesting because um, it says the same thing here. Um, when he says to them, you're going to receive this by the Spirit in verse 17 or by some other way. And if it be by some other way, it's not of God. And again, he that receiveth the word of truth, doth he receive it by the Spirit of truth or some other way? If it be some other way, it is not of God. And I love that. It's, it's that same thing. If you're going to rehearse your doubts with doubters, there will not be truth there. And here he so clearly said, it's not going to be of God unless it's truth and the spirit. So if, if you are seeking truth, then you're going to have to go to someone who you trust has truth and the spirit. That's the qualifier. Do they have the spirit? Do they possess truth? Okay, go and talk to them. If you're going to rehearse... Reason together, right? Yeah, reason the Lord together. says, come, come to reason together. It. Yeah, if you're going to rehearse your doubts with doubters, what you're going to be left with is doubt. That's what's Just a justification in of it, that yeah. place is you're, you're going to get 
what you enter into in that place. And that's so interesting because for a lot of people, they were like, it just felt really blunt when he said that. But I think probably the same thing in verses 15 through 20 here, that exact same thing that he was like, I, I need you to look at what you're doing and see, is it building? Is it edifying? Or is it deconstructing? And is it um, leading you to a place that maybe isn't going to be what's waiting at the end? Yeah. In the next verses, he kind of seems to like teach, like this is how conversations should look like, you know, some other way. But let me tell you what God's way of rehearsing doubts looks like of express because President Nelson wasn't saying you're not permitted to doubt or yeah. to say them out loud. He or was to saying, have questions. Right. The, the way that you approach them is what's so important because look at how he God says to approach him here. He says, um, he that receives the word by the spirit of truth received it as it was preached. And he that preaches and, and he that receives it. So he's like, we, we're going to have these conversations mm -hmm. with each other. Of course, they're going to be a little bit messy because what did the preacher mean? What's the receiver thinking as he hears it? Right. But he says this, this is the end game. This is the end hope in 22. He that preacheth and he that receiveth understand one another. Both are edified and they rejoice together. Like that is where we are trying to get in our conversations on faith, right? Mm. Make sure, are we understanding where we're coming from? Are we building each other up? And is the end result of it like a rejoicing? That is how you will know that it is a godly conversation. And I love that we've been talking about a friend of yours who is um, going through a faith journey on her own. Yeah. And I love that she has reached out to you to say, can you help me on this faith journey that we all need mentors like that within our circle of influence, right? We need those mentors that we look and say, okay, there's someone who it feels like has truth and who I can see the spirit in them. I, I could go to them and ask some of these questions and have some of these conversations. And our, our faith communities, our wards, even our families are filled with people who could mentor us through that. And I love um, the conversation that you were talking about just the other day, because I think this is really important. Um, and I, I want to make sure we're conveying this, that you are going to have moments of doubt in your life. You're going to have questions that arise. There are going to be times where something will be said or you will read something or you will learn something that it just, it doesn't settle. You are uncomfortable in that thing. And I always say to my kids when that happens, that is good mm -hmm. because you are about to grow and stretch and come to understand something that you didn't understand before. And I love when someone is entering into that place of reasoning, of figuring things out and walking through that process. Jesus was so good at that. He was so good at meeting people where they were and listening and reasoning and, and understanding the story and then saying, okay, let me take you one step higher from here, right? Let's, let's build from where you are one step higher and then again, and then again, right? The, the guide just leading us upward and forward and I loved yeah. this conversation yeah and at, and as we were just we were talking earlier just about the creation story and how that story is a story that begins with something so unorganized and 
void, you know, and it mm-hmm. ends in this day seven type of thing. But every day along the way, like God calls it good. Mm-hmm. Like he just like the, you're not finished, but you're still good. At the same time, you're beautiful and great and accepted and loved, even though you're unfinished at the same time. Yeah. And it just feels like, so when this friend just kind of said on this particular evening, I feel like I have a lot of darkness pushing on me. I feel a lot of despair. I feel a lot of like abandonment. And when I'm, when I start talking to church people, it gets worse <laughs> was the comment, you know, and I just kind of gave some advice for saying like, oh, that is hard. You know, I've felt that before too. And it's hard to try and figure out what it is and, and just gave a little bit of advice to her about, I, I said, listen, a lot of individual time periods can look like that. So be patient, give yourself time and grace and, you know, um, and then I was driving the next day and it was a, like 11 o'clock at night getting Christian and his friends. And, and, and I, uh, just had a thought like, Hey, just see how she's doing today. And I did. And what she wrote back is she said, I feel like someone has given me a warm, safe hug all evening. It's the strangest, nicest, best feeling I can remember. It feels like a shield protecting me from dark. It's absolutely wonderful. And then this is my favorite line. I don't even care that I understand how it's happening, that I don't understand how it's happening. I do want to know how to duplicate it though. And there is this verse in verse 24 where the Lord says, that which is of God is light. And he that receiveth that light and continueth in God will receive more light. And that light will grow brighter and brighter until the perfect day that you experience this light and and these moments can be duplicated mm-hmm. and we can in between right those i don't, i just feel like we're trending upward mm-hmm. you know as yes, we keep I love that. like and know? i love how she described it as a warm blanket and as a shield and all these things um that you might use to describe jesus christ and right. i love that that part when she was like, I'm not even sure how it happened, but I do want to figure out how to duplicate it. And it's interesting because we're going to get to a part of this path where the Lord does start saying, let me show you how to duplicate life and light and spirit and power. Let me show you how to duplicate those things so that you can live in light and that you will have life and you will feel the spirit and and his power in our life. I can't imagine living life without that light and that spirit and that power. It is so much a part of how I move through every day. And um, when things are good, I feel it there. But when things are also not good, I still feel that that presence there of that goodness just leading me forward and, and helping to move me. So he starts in verse 28 and 29 and and he talks about here's one of the things you need to do you need those to, words though put that verse oh, for the 27 life. life light spirit and power uh verse 27 is where he talks about that and then he, he says if you want this you need to become purified you, you can't possess these things unless you are purified and cleansed and if you are purified and cleansed from all sin then you can ask whatever you want in the name of jesus and it will be done what a beautiful promise and and we do have to remember exactly what we talked about with the creation because i love that so much um that for us it's just progress and increase it's not perfection right he's not saying and when you are perfect 
then you will experience this. But it's this process of progression and that being purified and cleansing, that's a refining process. Those are, are words that would be used for someone who knows how to refine silver or gold or to do that. And I love when you study that, that those those refiners, those people who are trained in that profession, they know exactly how long to leave you in that purification process. They know this much will uh, beautify that piece and too much heat would damage that piece. And I love this idea of this purification and being cleansed being a process for us that we go through and something that we work on as we want to have this increase of faith. He kind of makes it kind of a comparison here in 33 is they be careful of like railing accusation and boasting and rejoicing in different things. That sounds a lot like just getting really, really emotionally built up over things that bother or like, you know, Mm -hmm. and just really, really letting that take control. But it says, he says, instead, if you receive something of God, account it of God and, and let him rejoice that he's accounted of God worthy to receive that and to like, um, spend life in recognition and in gratitude of of those things. One thing that my friend did say when I, I talked with her about you know that text and that she said, I said that's actually a really beautiful thing. And and I said, you know, what what could it have been? Let's talk about mm-hmm. what may have duplicated it. Yeah. And she said to me today, um, I don't know how it happened, but something I wrote down in my journal was this. Um, she said, I've been practicing a lot of positive thinking recently and she said and that may have contributed but she said what happened to me happened outside of my positive thinking Hmm. like my positive thinking didn't bring it about it was some sort of outside source and maybe my positive thinking opened me up to it Hmm. but it came from another place and and i was i think that is this Mm -hmm. if you received it of god account it that it came from god Then there's several in a row. I'm going to look at 35, 37, and 40. As he goes through there, he he talks about give heed and do the things that you have received. That's how you're going to get power to overcome. In verse 37, go forth and strengthen. And then I love in verse 40 where he talks about you must grow in grace, right? Mm -hmm. You're, You're going to grow a little at a time. And all of a sudden you start realizing Increasing your faith is going to require something of you. Um, Action is going to be part of this process. And I think it's so interesting. Again, I go back to the talk that President Nelson gave. And when he gave that talk, there was one line that he said this. He talked about just increasing our faith. Um, That's our job is to increase your faith. And then he says that takes work. And probably four or five times in that talk he says that it's going to require effort he tells us it's these same words go forth and strengthen you need to heed and do you're going to grow um, in grace right this process of becoming that's what happens as you increase your faith is you're going to feel that happening and then he said this that takes work lazy learners and lax disciples will always struggle to muster even a particle of faith and um, I remember right when he said it, I was like, oh, that's like, wow. <laughs> like, he did not hold back in that moment. And as I thought about those words, I, I started thinking about what would that look like and what would it look like in my life? Like, am I 
lazy and lax in any areas. And sometimes we look at this and we're like, oh, increasing faith is hard. Going and doing and heeding and strengthening and um, going forth and all of these things, it, it's going to require something of us. And it made me think back to when Moses left with all the people from Egypt. Do you remember when that happened? And that required something of them, right? That they were going to go on a hike. There was going to be something at the end. Moses said, I will be your guide. You just follow me through this. And they get going. And remember, the first thing that happens is all the chariots chase them. And that required effort, right? And then they get to the Red Sea and they're going to have to cross that Red Sea. And they, they go all the way across that sea on dry ground. That required effort, right? They had to go and do that. No one could just sit. Um, that increasing of their faith required participation from them. And then they get into that wilderness and there comes a time when they don't have any water and they're not sure how they're going to eat. And it's so interesting what their response is. I don't know how long it's been since you have read the story in Exodus, but I'm so intrigued by this because do you know what they tell Moses? We actually want to go back to Egypt. That's what we want to do. Like we want to go back to slavery because we understand slavery. We, we were comfortable there, even though we didn't love it and we don't necessarily like didn't plan on being slaves for our whole life, but that was actually seems better than where we are right now. Isn't that an interesting way of thinking that they were like this, like living by faith, it might be too hard for us. Like we might want to go back to Egypt. And in my mind, I'm like, you can't even go back. How are you going to get over the Red Sea? You know, and, <laughs> and what are the chariots and horses going to do when you get there? Like, have you thought of what that's going to be like? But and, increasing... what, and what about when you like begged for deliverance for year for after years. year, right? Because it was so hard to yeah. be a slave Yes, and you were trapped and you had like, yes, but there is something about increasing faith that does require effort. We see it again with the brother of Jared. Remember when the Lord is like, I have this amazing thing. They were like right there. It was like me on the hike. They were at the bottom of the sand mountain and they were like, no, I think we're good here. We'll just stay at the ocean at Bountiful. We're, this is fine. That's what lax and lazy looks like. It's, it's that. And I think to myself, where is that apparent in my life? Where's the thing that is requiring so much faith from me for the thing at the end that is going to be so amazing? And I know it's going to be good. But this increasing my faith right here is hard. And it makes me want to be like, maybe I just want to go back to what was comfortable. Maybe that's what I want to do. And I think it's interesting that we, we see it here, but we also see it in President Nelson where he's saying, don't, don't become lazy and lax. Um, that wasn't for just a few small percentage of people who were listening to conference. That was a call to the house of Israel, to every single one of us, that we live in a culture where increasing faith is going to require something of us. He, he told us over and over again, effort will be required. You're gonna have to participate. And I, I love that President Nelson was like, listen, don't get lax or lazy in this. This is not a time for lax or lazy. This is the time to start building barges. 
This is the time to start climbing Mount Sinai. This is the time for moving forward. And how many of us are, are ready and willing to do that? Yeah, and, and it's, it's about where he's trying to take us, not about what he thinks about us, mm. right? It's not earning his love or his approval. So it's true. like, it, it, it's about the destination. Mm-hmm. Not, and the destination is not accepted and loved. Like that's already on day one. It's a different, it's a destination of becoming. And that process of becoming is what requires, you know, something out of us. And, and you love when he talks about that. You're, and you're going to grow in grace, right? right. You are going to grow. Right. I'm going to grow you. I'm going to build you. I'm going to enable you. I'm going to strengthen you. Remember, I'll go before you and I have your back. And and this with me, this you can do. And your burden will be light. Yeah. Right? And and you will rest in me as we go through that process. And if, if your increasing faith process doesn't feel like rest and light, then maybe you need more of him. That doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. Your trial or your mountain is not going to be huge. But I do think there's some times in life where we just need more of him so that we do feel that rest and light. And it's okay if you have to sit down on the side of the path for a minute just to rediscover him again. And then you'll get up and start walking again. Yeah, he even, that's kind of his, in that verse 43, what he says, the Mm -hmm. Father and I are one. I am in the Father and the Father in me. And inasmuch as you've received me, you're in me and I in you. And that seems to be his call. Like, let me in. Uh, Let me into the journey for a couple of reasons here that come at the end. Number one, don't fear. Uh, Fear is, is, uh, oh, Everyone should get on Anthony Sweat's Instagram and look at what he says about fear mm. in one of his most recent posts and just talking about how crippling it can be to us in this journey. Like we want to give up on a journey of faith because of our fear. That's like so good. Of failure, of hard. And so I, I want no water. Yeah. And I want to and I want to retreat from it, you know? And mm. and it's like I I just hear Jesus saying, like, oh, you can, but it's hard in Egypt, you know? Life is hard. Friendships are hard. Relationships are hard. Navigating our hopes and dreams are hard no matter what, mm. in the household of faith or outside of it. Like, culture is hard. Beliefs and trying to decide what is right and wrong is hard no matter who anybody is. What he's doing is he's calling us into a way to navigate life and navigate like our, our mm. own journeys. and. I, I just can't help but think about that scene. I've been thinking about this spot so much over the last two weeks when Jesus says something to the disciples in, in John 6, is it? And and a lot of people walk away and they're like, yes. that's too hard for me. And do you remember in The Chosen when Jesus says to that one dad who gives up his girl because mm-hmm. she wants to follow yes. Jesus and he just sympathizes with him. And then he says, uh, I ask a lot of my followers. I don't ask very much of those that don't follow me. But once someone wants to engage in a spiritual journey, I'm going to ask a lot because it, you know, because it requires a lot. But And it and you it grows you. Yeah, and that's and that's, you know, hard, but you know, when all those people walk away, are they what are they walking back to? They're still walking back to something hard and and he says to Peter, "Are you going to walk away also?" And Peter asks him the question, "To, to whom shall I go?" 
You know, mm-hmm. what, who am I going to look to, to walk life's journey with, if not you? Who's going to help me navigate all my choices and all of my dreams if it's not going to, because it's going to be someone. Mm-hmm. And is it going to be me? Am I just going to do this all by myself? Am I going to do life all alone? Or am I going to do it with you? Both of them are hard. Yeah. You know, but, but one of them's with him. And it's awesome that this chapter ends with him saying to people this, fear not, you are mine. And I've overcome the world already. And you're of them my father gave me. And none that my father hath given me, this is verse 42, are going to be lost. I will not lose any of you, no matter where you are. On the yep, sh- on all will be reclaimed. Oh, there right. is so much hope in that. And it's because of what we learn at the very end, in this very last verse, 44. Wherefore I am in your midst. Remember, he started out, I'll go before you, and I'll have your back, and I will be in your midst, and you will not be confounded. And then he ends with that, I am in your midst, and I am the good shepherd and the stone of Israel. He that buildeth upon this rock shall never fall. And we love those two descriptions of, of who he is. I am the good shepherd and the stone of Israel. I am both of those things. And think about why those would come into play on a journey like this. Like, why? Why would he introduce himself like that? Yeah, and we start thinking about, just you might write down in there, what is it about a shepherd? One of the things I love is that they walk with the sheep. They don't just say, hey, good luck finding water. Good luck finding good grass. Good luck defending yourself. But they are with them. And they also raise them from babies up to adults. Like, mm-hmm. and, and when there's a baby, that shepherd gives more care. And when there's an injured one, there's more care with the injured one. Because they raise, they're there with them in their growing up. Yep, And I love as he talks about, I am the um, stone of Israel. And if you build on this rock, um, you'll never fall. And the thought of him being sure and steadfast and immovable and w- what he says, that's what he's going to do. It, nothing's going to move that. You can hold fast to that. You, you can bank on that because that's who he is and that's what he does. And I just love the thought of that it's like that big arch at the very end of the hike that I went on mm. that's God's majesty is that truth right there that um, uh, you can count on me always every day no matter where you are there will not be one day you can't count on me and just how beautiful that is and I think as we look at this and realize like you said at the beginning what is our culture and our culture much like this culture has deceivers and hypocrites, but it also has believers. And I think about that verse in Hebrews that we love. We are not of them that draw back, but of them that believe. And this will be a time where we see people drawing back. We know it is. It's a, it's a prophesied sign of the times. There would be people who would walk away. But there will also always be people who believe. And I just, I, I want to commit and I recommit every single day. I want to be known as one of the believers. That's who I want to be. And, and just God bless all of us on this journey that's 
rocky with other people. Mm -hmm. That's rocky because it's just life. That's navigating culture and all the hard that just is there. I mean, it just is uh, all of this. And it seems like that verse 45 is one that says, for those of you on a bend in the path or who had to sit down for a minute and rest or, or who are in a place of, of darkness, he said this, the day come that you shall hear my voice and see me and know that I am, that, um, that he will show up. Well, he's there on the journey. Mm-hmm. We'll recognize and hear him and see him, you know, along yeah. the way. And, yeah. so and it's good. worth it in the end. So such a good lesson. And yeah. um, and if you're in that place, if you are in that place of doubt, or if you know someone who is, or if you have family members who have taken a little break from religion, you might just want to hang up somewhere in your house some of those phrases that he talked about. Um, they all shall be reclaimed. None shall be lost. I have overcome, right? Um, we're, we're not alone. We are his and he knows what to do with us no matter where we are on the journey. He knows what to do and, and that's a beautiful thing that he is a guide and he's going to get us all to the end and he's going to encourage us the whole way there and he's going to get us there safely. Amen. So good. See you next week. <laughs> Joked for a second. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.